Episode number four. Thank God. I did not know if we would make it here. This week was kind of rough. But the gang's all here. I'm Unqua Sonia, Raymond Mora, Jeremy Epstein, the producer. Two other fantastic guests in here. But you know what? Before we get to the guests, let me just say for the record, today of all days, it had to be like 100 degrees outside. Oh, listen, man. I had to run outside to get stuff for the show, and it was deaf outside. So. I know you're not complaining about that, because we had to do that, too. I sprinted there, man. It was hot. Who sprints in 100-degree weather? Well, I, it was it was in a rush, so we had to make sure we get everything on. So we had yeah. nearly two hours. Showing that 4-4 four, four speed. Yeah, I was showing that 4-4 four, four speed, man. Oh, Lord. You got, you're going to give Usain Bolt <laughs> a run for his money. My God. <laughs> that being said, we got a good show for you today. And before we get started, let me just introduce two of our co-pilots for this whole thing here. The first one, you've seen her before. She's on Dunk 360's new interview series, The Crossover, Miss Maria Myrain. Thanks for joining us. Call me My My, please. My My it is. <laughs> and sitting alongside her, one of Harlem's finest, shout out to Mr. Jay Prez, also in studio. What's good? Hi, what's good, bro? Yeah, you I know. love the introduction. Harlem's finest, I like that. You know what you're talking about. Something Don't like gas him. <laughs> <laughs> my enemies want to be friends with my other enemies. I don't let it get to me. First and foremost, I'll speak for myself and pretty much all of us. We thought it was going to be a sweep. It felt it felt like it was going to be over. Yeah, I was disappointed when it wasn't. Very disappointed. My thing is this, though. Drake has to stop trying to show out on Instagram. But you know he's going to show up. That's your takeaway from the series is Drake has to stop. It's not my primary takeaway. It's just my takeaway. Because he talks too much. He's not playing. And also, DeMar DeRozan is going to make some serious money this summer. I, I have no idea. Well, but, what, but what do you think mostly of Toronto actually showing some life back at home? Well, well one thing, I think that they're different when it comes to playing at home than on the road. I mean, it, it kind of tells you that the crowd really is something, you know, when it comes to against the Raptors. Because when they're playing the home crowd, they're like they're unstoppable. When they're on the road, look like they're vulnerable and they don't have a chance against the Cavaliers. So tonight we're going to find out if they're going to use the home crowd again to force a game seven. I mean, it's, 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 it's cool to be tough when you're in front of your friends. You know what I'm That's saying? That's real. Like, so the crowd helps them a lot. Feel me? Gives them a lot of confidence. So that's understandable. It's one of the best crowds. They got a whole country behind them, not just a state. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then add the fact that none of the hockey teams made the playoffs, and that's the biggest sport in Canada. So they're going extra hard for basketball right now. So My only qu- my only question then regarding all that is I- I've always dealt with the belief that Toronto doesn't really have someone you could toss the ball to and say go get a bucket like the rest of the three teams that are there because OKC has Westbrook and KD. Golden State has Steph and Clay. And you have one LeBron James and Kyrie Irving if he feels like it. And I think that hurts Toronto a little bit. But do you think they've got enough to push it to a game seven? Do you not think DeMar DeRozan's that guy you could give the ball to? I don't, I don't think he is. Not yeah. right now. He's, he's not a top 20 player. Not quite like that. He has a go-to move. So he can develop into that guy if he learns how to use that and be that use that, that, that spin mid-range Kobe thing he do. So what does that say about today's NBA that you just said he's going to make a ton of money but you don't think he has a go-to move? Because he's available right now. And I know people are making a lot of guesses about what Kevin Durant's going to do with the rest of his basketball career. Let's be honest. Are you always going to find a top 
five NBA player that you played with for so long? No. And you're going to leave that top five player to go where? To D.C.? No. To go to New York? Stop dreaming. I really think they should, like, I think I think KD should sign one more year and they both go to L.A. Nah, LA can't have it all. Well, look, we know one thing. The Rosen's not really the guy you can count on as the main guy. He's more of a second scorer. He can't be the, the main guy. I know right. it looks like from the series, but really, I think that's where he's best suited for any team. So then he's either the lead guy on this, or you're saying that Kyle Lowry is the lead guy on this team? Well, Kyle Lowry has to be the lead guy on this team. That's the only way they're going to advance. You know, <laughs> he's been the guy who's been up and down this whole, this whole playoff. But if he plays well, they have a chance to go far. They have a chance to cover at least in game seven if he plays well. I feel like they both like half the man, so it makes one full man. <laughs> That's, <true>. That's, <laughs> That's not a bad way to put it. But That's look, look, the X factor for this game tonight is going to be Valchuis because he's coming back from an ankle injury. He's got to come off the bench most likely, but if he can give you 15 and 10, that's all I'm asking for. They have a chance. But the thing is this. Are you going to start him over Biombo? No, no. You're not going to start over Biombo. That's what I'm saying. He's going to have to be the, the one who anchors the second unit. And then when he does that, if they can give him some scoring off the bench, they have a chance. I'm not saying they're going to win, but they have a chance. He's also not probably conditioned enough to play those big minutes right off the yeah. bat. So substituting him with Biombo's energy would probably be a coaching mistake if you think about it. It is, but you, you got to withstand that second unit against the Cavaliers because, you know, Fry is like a god, apparently, in this, in this playoff. Every time he gets the ball, he's just making a three-point shot, and it's almost like... He's wired. He's a veteran. He knows he may not get back here again. Yeah, so it's like you got to take the chance with Valachuas. And you know they're going to stretch him out. They got they got Because there's nothing to play for if they lose, so it doesn't, that is a yeah. good point. Yeah, and Richard Jefferson is suddenly turning back the clock, too. So, you know, they, their their bench is, is good enough for spurts. He's, he's so trying to get back at Jason Kidd. That, that's really what it is. <laughs> I like Rock Nation and I love Jay-Z. But on rest side, I'm screaming, F*** KD. It's funny. Me and Jeremy were watching the game yesterday. I know that's improper English, but who cares? And we were trying to figure out whether or not the Thunder were going to close it out. He said it with about five minutes left. I think the Warriors were up, like, what, 10 I was calling they weren't going to win game five. I've been saying that there's no way Golden State was going to lose two out of three at home. I was saying that the entire time. But you are right. With five minutes left, there was a 10-point lead. I was like, I don't think Golden State's going to not be able to manage the clock well enough to preserve that lead. But I was tired of hearing from, from game four, there were a lot of excuses made for Steph Curry, not based on anything he said, not based on anything Kerr said, but there was a report that came out. I, I believe it was Sports Illustrated who published it that said, oh, he's only at 70%. To me, that's that's not really much of an excuse. I mean, Steph Curry is like the the golden child of the NBA right now. You feel me? So it's like they gonna, people are going to make excuses for him. You don't have to do anything. You feel me? At the end of the day, in the beginning of the series, I said the world, I mean, the OKC was going to win. I wasn't, I wasn't impressed by the record and all that things because I understand what makes them special. What makes them special is that they have an undersized big and he gets the rebound, he pushes the ball. As a hooper, the point guard is taught to stop the ball. So now you have a point guard on your four man. Now you have somebody who's out of position on Steph. So they run him on screens and they get somebody open off mismatches. So at the end of the day, Draymond is more valuable than Steph Curry on that team, if you think about it. So I was never really impressed with the record and nothing like that because they didn't impose their will. They just had good strategy. You know what I'm saying? So I, I know the playoffs is about superstars. And that's the only place OKC is winning. They have two 
Warriors have one superstar. Clay is a star. He's not a superstar. So, so Jay, tell me a little bit then what you think about the whole dynamic between Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. Because I'm not going to lie to you. I thought for a while that Russ was a point guard who should be moving the ball. And he said that he needed to do that. But I always felt like in the past he took too many shots. But in this particular stage... I feel like he's gotten a lot better as a scorer to a point where he can get away with taking those shots and leave KD to just be that sniper to just do what he does. And and not only not only that, when you're averaging 10 assists now, now you can take them shots because you're getting the assists that we want you to get. You bring your turnovers down, you can take them shots. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, it's all about plus and minus. Good things you're doing on the court versus bad things. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, a bad shot is not a bad shot. It's still going, Everything goes on the field goal as a miss. Good shot or bad, it's a miss. It's on that plus and minus sheet. You think you <laughs> think the uh, Thunder's bench is going to be key for them to win game six? Because, you know, the young waiters off the bench, Cantor off the bench, possibly Morrow off the bench. You think that they have a chance to counter with the Warriors bench? I mean, I don't think they have to counter with the Warriors bench because Steph, I mean, I said Steph Curry because um, KD and Westbrook are carrying so much of the load. Like, they're both averaging 25-plus points. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So when you got two people bringing in 50% of the points already, you know what I'm saying? All you really got to do is play your role. You don't even have to step up too much. You know what I'm saying? So Deion Raiders really just got to keep doing what he's doing, knocking down these timely shots. You know what I'm saying? I feel like Ibaka need to step up more. I feel like Westbrook and KD are really doing the way LeBron thing. Yeah. But, like, Ibaka's not finding his way in that mix. And he's shooting threes just like Chris Bosh was. So I don't, feel like, I don't know why he's not finding his niche within that offense. Like, why, is he, why isn't he averaging 18, 17 points like Chris Bosh was? And that's weird to me because in, in that fourth quarter, he was hitting his threes. He had possessions where he would shoot a three, make it, shoot a three, make it, shoot a three, make it, but he doesn't seem to go to the rack or even post up as much yeah. anymore. And I think that's missing from them because especially after they play the Warriors – if they advance to play either the Raptors or the Cavs, because you never know how the series is going to go, even though we're assuming the Cavs are going to do it, you would expect that Ibaka would have a big advantage on Kevin Love, because Kevin Love can't defend. Right. And he would have a big advantage on either Valanchunas getting him into foul trouble, Biombo getting him into foul trouble, or pretty much any other big on that Raptors team. Right. So that's something I'm, I'm very – it's very curious to me well, that he really didn't get in. Because it clogs the lane when you have Ibaka and also because they play big, Canner, Adams down in the post, none of them could play outside of the paint. So it clogs the driving lane. So that's why Ibaka stretches out. He's obviously a decent three-point shooter. He's a good mid-range shooter. So you can't have them both in or it'll clog the lanes, the driving lanes. For the thing is I don't, I, don't need them both in, I don't need them both in there. I just feel like he doesn't – But then you lose the offensive he, rebound presence of Steven Adams. If you want Ibaka mm-hmm. in the paint, then Steven Adams can't be in the paint because then it clogs the driving lane. But either way, right, I'm right. saying that even right. when they're – even when they're playing small, Ibaka's never in the paint. I feel like in the beginning of the games, they should feature um, Ibaka in the paint more because that'll wear out Draymond. Exactly. Draymond is 6'7", Ibaka's 6'11", Ibaka's strong, you know what I'm saying? He got a lot of strength, so that's a lot of work on Draymond. So I feel like to start the game, you know what I'm saying, how Cleveland does it, you know what I'm saying? We, We focus on getting Kevin Love the ball in the post, even though he really not as imposing of a force as Ibaka is, because even if Ibaka miss, he gonna hit you with an elbow or something. He gonna do something that's gonna slow you down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree with that. The thing with OKC, I always thought they were the most talented team in the NBA. If you look at them on paper, right. it's just sometimes their offense gets way too snag- stagnant. You can look at uh, Durant and Westbrook. It's like my turn, your turn. Right. If you, if you're the coach, how do you kind of 
get Ibaka more featured or other, get other guys more touches, especially when you have Roberson, too. He's not really an offensive player, kind of playing four on five on the offensive end. Right, right, right. But Roberson is kind of weird because now he's hitting threes out of nowhere. I don't know where, <laughs> <laughs> where did that come from. Yeah, you think you think Billy Donald's done a good job with the Thunder team though? When he ever since he got hired this year, I think he has done a good job because at the end of the day, in the beginning, you can tell that he wasn't ready and he learned. He's getting better as it goes. Like he's getting better and better and better. And I feel like the next step for him is figuring out how to incorporate Baca in that offense. And I feel like he's gonna figure that out because. He's made constant progression. You know what I'm saying? You haven't really seen him digress this season. Feel me? You've seen the team constantly progress. They started out bad, and we haven't seen them really bad since. And people really missed out that with Billy Donovan coaching in Florida, he coached NBA players. Corey Brewer, Al Horford, Joe Kim. No, on the same team that won back-to-back titles. So when people talked about his adjustment going from the college to the NBA, to me it almost felt like he sort of made it halfway already. Right, right, right. But that was a long time ago, though, too. Mm-hmm. So it was a long time since he coached them caliber players because Florida haven't really had any successful NBA players since then. Well, you know, there's pretty much nine teams that came back from 3-1, and Warriors are trying to do that. They've been the, the Rockets, the Suns, the Pistons, the Heat. Rockets, again, they did twice the Rockets. We know that Celtics, the Washington, Bullets at the time, Lakers and Celtics. So, you know, there's teams that have done it before, and this team is talented enough to do it. But can they, can they win a game six on a roll in OKC? I don't see it. I, I don't see it. I, I hope it go I hope it goes seven because it feels like that's the way the series is supposed to go. Right. But I don't see it. There is something about that OKC crowd that makes them different. Yeah. It's just, it's it, just, like it's the, just different. Just like the Warriors crowd. You know what I'm saying? But I, and out of all those teams you said, none of those was conference finals. Yeah, ones in worst division. It was like first round, exactly. second round. Conference finals. The ones that done the conference, conference finals. finals. But if they do that, I'm going to put some respect on their name. <laughs> what do you think the Warriors have to do to win a game six on the road? Well, they're going to have to have Curry have a vintage performance. That's one thing they're going to have to do. And secondly, they're going to have to make sure that their bench is just as good as it was game five. I think for them, it really does revolve around Curry. But I think what they need to do a little bit better, they need to kind of stand up for him a little bit because they let him get mauled in games three and four. You need to stand up for yourself. That's true. That's very true, but I don't see an enforcer on that team because Draymond Green talks smack. Andrew Bogut, he, he he doesn't really do much. You could maybe say most Spates, but really, you, you want most Spates as your enforcer? Come yeah, I feel now. you need somebody more low-key because Draymond talks too much to be an enforcer because now all attention is on him. And so <laughs> You do something dirty. Verjong, nah. Well, he's, a, he's more of that annoying player, but he's not really the guy who's going to, like, pose his way. we also only see when... Azili is hampered. Bogut is hampered. Like, you're not going to see Verge out unless you absolutely have to. If he don't make it to the finals, that's going to break his heart. <laughs> we know one thing. Clay Thompson has been the most consistent player this whole series, though, for the Warriors. Of course. He's got to keep playing at a high level. And, and people have been forgetting. This is the same dude that dropped 37 and a quarter. But you, I keep telling people, Clay going to want to leave. Because at the end of the day, he's tired of covering up for stuff. At the end of the day, he guards the best player every night. He runs off a million screens. He deals with stuff, taking bogus shots, and he still puts up his numbers. I feel like he's going to get tired of it. He's going to get out of there because Steph can't guard front door. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing about now that you mentioned that, when Russell Westbrook went and reacted to the fact that, man, I, I got, it's so funny. When, he, when someone asked, is Curry's defense underrated? 
he sat there and just chuckled. That was that was the single funniest thing. And the best part about it is most of the intelligent basketball watchers were like, he's laughing for a reason. Because I mean, people overrate steals. If a guy gets four steal or two, I think he led the NBA in steals, Steph Curry did. So they overrate steals because that's basically you're just gambling. If you look at a guy like Kawhi Leonard, he locks up his guy and plays strong you're defense. Not playing no, defense. no, you're just gambling. You're taking chances. You're playing the passing lanes. It's that not really defense. That makes you a great yeah. team def- That makes you a great team look, defender. You but steals, that mean Klay Thompson's one of the best guy. I'm in help side. Clay Thompson's locking up, so they trying to throw a bad pass. Yeah. I get it. We all for the break. That, that's you look at a lot of guys will just go back door on Curry because he's overplaying, looking for the steal, and he'll just reach and get draw ticky tack fouls. So steals are so it's such an overrated stat. I mean, you can be the greatest top side defender ever, but if you are an on ball liability, you're not a good defender. You're not even underrated. You're just not a good defender. Well, the one thing I can say, and, and this is a stat I saw actually game four. I don't know about this. Here we go with the numbers. Against Westbrook, he's three. He's three of Westbrook's three of nine against Curry. Everybody else, he's more effective. So Curry's been a little bit better. Than he only guarded him nine it. times. <laughs> exactly. It's a small, hey, it's a small sample saying. size. That's what I'm saying. Klay Thompson guards Westbrook every time. Every time, Watch this series. Watch the next game. Every time Westbrook see Curry going him, his eyes light up. He calls four down, and he goes straight at him. That's what he doesn't make no moves. I'm going to just overpower you. I'm bigger than you. You little. You don't play no deep. I'm disrespecting you. <laughs> And you look at it's well, not even well, just is, it's not even just Westbrook. Even when he's on Roberson, sometimes they give the ball to Roberson just to pound at Curry's ankles and knee because obviously he's hampered a little bit by the earlier injuries in the series in the earlier in the playoffs. But it's still not an excuse for the lack of ball movement in Golden State side. Roberson's also six seven. I, I missed that. Roberson's actually six seven. He's he's a sizable guy. So I think he's taller than that. But let me ask y'all this because I hate it when people make this a storyline. Year after year after year. This whole Lil B base God curse, man. It gets on my nerves. First of all, I heard the song a couple years ago where he's dissing KD. The song is trash, number one. Secondly, it's a curse because you're not going to play me in a game of 21. Are you serious? Well, you just what what chance God. do you have? Well, now he's not going to... Listen to our show. <laughs> Don't let him curse the yeah, show. Yeah, we're cursed now. <laughs> no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Amen. Amen. But so back, but back <laughs> to that. Do y'all, y'all don't actually believe in that message? I mean, you? but if the Warriors come back from three <laughs> one, <laughs> look what it did to James Harden. Yeah, sure. Look at James Harden. Yeah, yeah, terrible. He was supposed to be the MVP. But but James Harden also decided to date a Kardashian, so he brought it upon himself. The National Football League welcomes you to the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show. Since the NFL never knows what it means to not be in the news cycle, they named the next few sites for the Super Bowl. They've got Houston, I believe, in 2017. Now they've got Minneapolis in 18. Atlanta in 2019, Miami 2020, LA 2021. My question to y'all is, who's gonna have the best halftime show? Oh, it's kind of obvious it's gonna be in LA. I mean, it's it's Los Angeles. It's you know you got the sun's right on you every day, and it's gonna have a great halftime show. And, and our Twitter poll agreed. We did a Twitter poll during the week. Forty-nine percent of our voters said that LA was gonna have the best. I think it's gonna be Atlanta. As long as they, no, I think it's gonna be LA. As long as they have Bruno Mars a part of it, it's going to be amazing. Last year's was amazing, too. The year before that, how was he won it two years in a row? Well, when he was in New York? 
He did it in New York too, right? Yeah, that, that was, was the one he came out like in the air with a drum set. Like he like he was levitating, playing the drums. I don't know. When he was in New York, I stopped watching that Super Bowl because Denver was getting destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is not worth me watching. Yeah, yeah. that's just a terrible Super Bowl. But I think just that la- I I like last year's <laughs> halftime show because it was random. I didn't I didn't I didn't want Coldplay to do it. The only songs I knew of them were the only songs that they did, but. <laughs> When he came, I'm like, okay, this this is kind of fire. And then they brought out Bruno. I said, okay, NFL, this is this is interesting. I, I wouldn't sleep in Atlanta though, only because of of the whole they cutting down prices of food and drinks. It's gonna bring a lot more uh, fans back, now, so I wouldn't be surprised. It's the Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. They will pay yeah. through the nose just to get in the door. So if if someone's gonna charge thirty dollars for a beer. People have been saving for years to go to the Super Bowl so that they can say that they paid thirty dollars for a beer. And that's just and that's just a rip off in general. Even that's, though it's the Super sports. Bowl. That's people ripping their cell phones. Thank yeah, you. True. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you already know what it is. Just to get into the building, you you gotta pay a grand. I hate when people do stuff just to say it. Like, don't do it just to say it. Like I don't wanna go to Hatch, I don't wanna go to the Super Bowl unless I'm on the field. Get a, get a complimentary ticket. You know, <laughs> when you're that big, everything is free. <laughs> this is true. That would be the dream, just to get invited to somebody's luxury suite. Like, hey, I've got a suite for the game. Okay, which one? The one in February. The Super Bowl? Yeah, you want to come? Yes. Maybe okay. we made it. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the L- L.A. Rams will be good by that time. That That's means- actually a great question. Do you think the Rams will even be good at that time? Well, I, I, I don't think so. Well, it depends on the quarterback. You know, if the quarterback is going to be good in, in those amount of years before a Super Bowl, they have a chance. I just think they deserve bad karma for ripping off St. Louis. They do, but l- listen, when, when you make a trade like that, you got to pick a quarterback like that, you got you to gotta make sure he's the future. You got to make sure he's going to be the one that brings him to the Super Bowl. So. Well, you can't miss on a pick that high. Look what the Jets happened with Mark Sanchez. When you miss on a first round high top five pick, you especially on a quarterback, it sets you back years. And even yeah. then, that was more mishandling than I think the draft choice. Don't get me wrong. Is he a, a top five pick? No. But the Jets mishandled him. He could be a lot better than he is right now. Well, he has limitations, and you know he's been the guy who's been pretty much inaccurate over his whole career. And took a step back when it's fourth year with the Jets. So we'll see what he does with Denver now. But, you know, he got his injury, so we'll see what he does after he comes back from his hand injury or whatever. Mm. I don't think we mentioned Miami in terms of potentially getting up there in Super Bowl halftime shows. I think that was a low key that we did not Dolphins really address that. Well, the Dolphins, <laughs> maybe the Dolphins would be good by that time, but no, we never know that. Nah, no, I don't think so. I, nah. I can see them having like dolphin shows and shit. <laughs> yeah. I can make it fire. Uncle Luke would make a return. They might bring out Will Smith to do Miami for like one song if he's even still willing to put a microphone on or whatever. You know how obnoxious Rick Ross is going to be if that happens in Miami? <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. That. I'm still balling like I'm <laughs> bald, Dilly. Might be in jail though, right? I don't know. Is he in jail? He's, right he's now? facing some type of. He's on house arrest right now. I can hear the hook right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to feel I'm at the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm still spending money. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you one of his ghost riders and you wasn't going to tell us, man? Chill, chill, chill. chill. <laughs> Don't call me. I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> She's been quiet for a good portion of this. I don't know why you're laughing at me. But Maria Myrain, the host of Dunk 360's The Crossover, 
Glad you're joining us. Wait, call me Mai Mai, I said. Mai Mai, that's right. See? Because you totally butchered my second first name just now. Sheesh. <laughs> it's all good. Just stick with Mai Mai. Mai Mai it is. Thank you. And we'll keep it on there just because I can laugh at myself. So, <laughs> Mai Mai, tell me about that interview with, you did with Peter Guns. I watched the whole thing. It was some really good stuff. Like, yeah. how, how did that come about? Um... Well, the whole crossover idea, I always, like, I've been blogging since 2010, and I always, I, like, I love hip-hop, I love sports, but, you know, I focus on the hip-hop thing in college, sorry, guys, <laughs> <laughs> I talk with my hands a lot, it's a yeah. Filipino thing, yeah. but, um, you know, and then I just came to a point where, like, you know, I started writing for Doug Deuce, so I was like, you know, I want to do something that bridges the gap between, like, hip-hop, music, and sports, because it, it all relates, you know, you got um, athletes trying to be rappers, and, like, listening to different hip-hop songs and hip-hop artists trying to be basketball players and things like that. So let me bridge the gap. So that's how the crossover came about. And um, as far as Peter Guns goes, um, I grew up, like I said, I grew up on 90s hip-hop thanks to my older brother. I remember him from Deja Vu, Uptown. Um, that song, still, you know, in my playlist somewhere, <laughs> on repeat. And um, I think that's, like, the only song I know of him, sadly. At least you're being honest um, about it. Uh, my friend is actually his publicist, so she's like, you know, you want to interview Peter Guns? I was like, yeah, you know, does he actually like talking about sports? Like, what does he have to say about sports? You know, you're a New Yorker, are you a Knicks fan, whatever. And so we made that happen, and um, it was quite interesting. He didn't really talk too much about New York sports. He talked a lot about Mayweather. I don't know if you yeah, I remember that part in the interview, but um, yeah, I want I want to pay that money just to watch him get his ass kicked. <laughs> I had to bite my tongue because I'm a Pacquiao fan, so I was like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll let you rock. <laughs> I'll let you rock. Speaking of Mayweather, what are your thoughts on him just in general? I'm I'm just curious to hear. Um, <laughs> does that say a lot? Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, I respect the guy. Like, I respect him. He's a great athlete, you know, and he's undefeated. Of course. And but per, like, Pacquiao. I know he beat Pacquiao. Okay, I give him that. Pacquiao <laughs> did have a busted shoulder, though. but. <laughs> if you did, if you did, if you really Pacquiao did watch the game, Mayweather wasn't even really fighting. He but was just. You can't if he right that fight took five or six years to make right. So Pacquiao pulls out a month before that fight never happens, and they both lose out on hundreds of millions of dollars. He couldn't pull out of the but fight. At the end of the day, the fight wasn't happening because he wouldn't take that blood test. No, you could th you could say oh, a lot of this stuff. You could argue oh, that Floyd. You could argue no. that. The oh, other no. argument, the other argument is Floyd ducked him because he knew he, he was afraid to lose. Floyd for was him. ducking him. No, Floyd. Floyd was national team. You're gonna sit there How and tell me during that team? during that match, Floyd Mother put up a really good fight. He was so just play, he just had really good defense. What? He didn't even fight. What are you talking about? Pacquiao had during the Pacquiao Mayweather fight. Watch yeah, you're bugging. Slow, you watch all them slow motions. Watch all them slow motions on Pacquiao. Watch all them ping pounds. You could watch. You could watch how Floyd held him for four, five, well, he six, did, seven rounds. For multiple times. But you, it's give him credit though. He knows how to. He's he, like one of the best defensive exactly. fighters of all time. He knows how to play. Probably he's the best defensive player ever. He held him. So. No, he's not the best defensive fighter. You can look at Pernell Whitaker. You can look at Winky Ray. There's so much other great defensive fighters. Yeah, but at, at the end of the day, Pacquiao took more punches and landed less. So what do we really? You could, you could argue that because he couldn't throw the right hook because his shoulder he had oh, torn rotator cuff. How <laughs> many of those right hooks do you think he was going to land? Ten more. But it's all about how he can get him. <laughs> But if you got him against the ropes, he couldn't flurry. And if you watch how he fights, he gets guys against the ropes and then throws combinations. He couldn't Man. do that because he couldn't throw the right hook. That would have been the valid excuse if he ain't getting knocked out from... Uh, Ray, right. take order. This is getting out of hand now, <laughs> <laughs> well, That's why I stopped talking. Right right let me stop oh, talking. Marcus threw <laughs> well, On to the right. next guy. <laughs> he he oh, did get knocked man. out by Marcus. Well, enough! Enough! <laughs> All right, well, 
speaking of you know because you, you're into hip-hop and sports what are your five favorite artists of all time this is the top five dead or alive question yes, yes. Oh, dead or alive question. That's <laughs> i'm curious oh. all right i have my own i, I have my set top five it, i have my own yeah i don't know about yours though okay no particular word no doesn't matter. all right eminem oh that's, that's in my list too actually <laughs> this one get throws people off wu-tang as a whole I have, I actually have oh. that. My, I actually have I that love RZA too. and his production yeah. as well, but Wu Tang as a whole. Yeah, because I, I grew up on Thirty Six Chambers, like that introduced. Oh me yeah, I love them. My oh, brother, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, Nas. Oh, that's the. Hey, we have the same whistle. Tupac. Okay. Oh my. Yes. And then the last spot, kinda, it, it depends on my mood. <laughs> it be, it's between Biggie and Lauryn Hill. Ooh. It alternates. It alternates. Interesting. So with you being from Connecticut. <laughs> I went. To, I went to St. John's, but every time they played UConn, I I cheered for UConn. That is weird. I'm not sure you should have really admitted that out loud. <laughs> I don't care. I just think it's fun. He's I just from think it's Connecticut. Funny. That makes total sense. I didn't say it didn't make sense. I'm just saying. Well, let's face it. The Red Storm have seen better days anyway. Exactly. But <laughs> what, what was there a certain part of your St. John's experience that really shaped you into you know doing what you wanted to do? It did actually. I actually spent more time off campus than on campus because in that whole Queens campus there's a lot of clicks and i'm not a clicky person <laughs> you know people like want to box you in like oh you should stick with the filipinos you're filipino I'm like eh, i really <laughs> have a lot of filipino friends i'm more of a hip-hop person you go to the hip-hop crowd and they're into some other shit. And it, it was just weird so I, I hung out mostly off campus and that's when i started networking going to different shows and um my college roommate at the time was the same way and we we're like hey why don't we just start up a blog that was around the same time 2010 when people you know blogs were actually just coming mm-hmm. away and so we started our blog, and it was mostly hip-hop based at that time. So where for you did, did sports sort of make that in that connection for you? Yeah. I'm curious. Sports was always a part of my life. Like I said, I played basketball in middle school, high school, um, volleyball. <coughs> All throughout high school, I actually won defensive player of the year once. Get him. Um, Wait, in volleyball? Yes, volleyball. Outside, uh, middle blocker? Uh, strong side. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the hops anymore. <laughs> I wish. I'm getting old. She got a good jump shot, too. Good form. Bad. Wait, since when did... Oh, that's how you did He did see it. I'm still trying to get him to play um, horse. Get him a horse. <laughs> because I, I used to play the one and two spot, but I lost my handle over time, but I, could, I still got my shot. Right. So just like only shoot, so... <laughs> Maria, what's your favorite interview that, that you've ever done today? Oh, jeez. <laughs> There's so many. Um, then you were you okay, nervous? One of my... Uh, yes. Okay. Actually, okay, one of my, I wouldn't call it one of my favorite, but the one that I was really nervous was Mob Deep because one of those, you know, one of those groups that I grew it's up true. listening to. And I'm never really in that, oh my God, kind of in awe fan mode when I'm interviewing. It's like, here, I'm here to do the interview. But when I was new, I just like, I was stumbling over words. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot questions. I'm just like, shit. <laughs> but it was like one of my favorite interviews because it's just like, I was there in that moment as a fan too, so. Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't hit you like, yo, you're really talking. Like I had the Black Thought interview. He was just so cool that I forgot he was Black Thought, you know. <laughs> and then I, I we played the interview. I was like, damn, I was really sitting on that couch with Black Thought, just talking, you know. But um, yeah. Do you ever come in with um, uh, preconceived notions about a particular interview subject from listening to their music, and then after interviewing them, come over with a completely different impression? Yes, Peter Guns. <laughs> <laughs> 
So so none of the love and hip hop influence at no, all I was or like, no? Oh my god, he's gonna be like I literally texted my friend because she's the um, the publicist. I was like, yo, is he an asshole? Like I've seen the show. I don't like how does he react? Like is he gonna be sensitive to certain questions? Like nah, he's really cool. Like right, whatever you say. <laughs> then after then I was like, yo, he really was cool. Yeah. But one funny. person who I didn't interview, but I did meet, <laughs> but I actually did PR for Ski Beats. I don't know if you guys remember Ski Beats. He produced Reasonable Doubt, Jay Z's. There Doubt. we go. Um, Camplo Lucini. Um, I did PR for him, and he was at DD172 at the time, Dame Dash's original spot. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys yeah. remember that. And the first time I met Dame Dash, I was like, "Who the f- are you?" <laughs> 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 like he just had, he just had that, you know, I guess that Harlem, like, yo. I'm with Ski, and Ski came out, he's like, nah, she's cool. And after that, every time he would just give me the nod. Like, he wouldn't even say it, he would just give me the nod. If shorty not bad, then I'm curving. My foot on the gas, and I'm swerving. So swaggy like I'm swaggy. When we were talking before, you're from here. You played, I believe, you said at Manhattan High School? Yeah, Manhattan High School. And I then went to Rice. I got kicked out, though, so. Um, <laughs> Stay in school, kids. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your collegiate experience because as as most of our listeners have heard throughout the show, you know the game. And I'm not talking about someone who actually sat down and had to read stuff like this guy, for those who aren't watching the video, I'm pointing to myself. But you've got a lot of actual experience. Can you expand right. on that a little bit? Well, um, I played basketball my whole life. You know what I'm saying? I follow my brother, footsteps really, feel me? because he was a hooper, so... I got played varsity all four years of high school, since freshman year to senior year. Like my, my sophomore year, I averaged like 15, five and five. And my sophomore year, I mean my junior year, I averaged 19, seven and seven. And my senior year, I averaged 25, four and five, something like that. So I was pretty, I was one of the top scorers in Manhattan by the time I had left my school. Scored over a thousand points, broke all the accolades. I'm like one of the top scorers in my school. But like music, was like my family, like my mom and my dad met singing together. Like my my dad was my mother's backup singer for like Access TV back in the day, mm-hmm. like Channel 60 and all that. So like we got all the tapes to like see how they the relationship unfolded <laughs> and all that. It's pretty cool. So um, and my uncle is Roy Years. I don't know if y'all know who Roy Years is the person who made my life, my life, my life, my life in the sunshine. That's my uncle. So That's right. legendary jazz musician. So it's like. Basketball and music always been close to me my whole life, so I always dabbled in both. When you decided to really pursue the music route of, of who you are today, what really spurred that? Um, the day I was in college, right, I, was, I remember the day I was sitting in my dorm room, and I'm like, damn, oh, I'm like, dad. <laughs> That'll work. No, damn works. Damn damn works. Uh, I'm, I'm like, damn, to be good in basketball, I'm going to really have to work out every day for the rest of my life. Be sore every day. I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Once I figured that out, I'm like, nah, it's over. Because I was always the person who was naturally gifted. Like, I never really was a gym rat. Like, I was always naturally athletic. Everything I did was off natural ability. So, just thank God he gave me them natural abilities because I didn't work for nothing. <laughs> so, you mentioned your family history in terms of music. What are some of your other outside influences that influence your style today? Um, I lived in I lived in Houston, so when I lived in Houston, I was really engulfed in the Chapter School culture, and all that. I was listening to a lot of plies and stuff like that. So um, that's really when I got into like different music. You feel me? And it made me it made me into music more because before all I knew was New York music like Jay Z, 
hip hop, real hip hop is things like I I never knew the chopped and screw, and then I went to Cali where they got the whole another like all these like Houston and Cali were two places that I went where they had their own style, their own music. You could be a star in that within that state and never reach nowhere. You feel me? Like little Kiki was the sponsor of my team, and he was coming up to the game. He was coming up to games in the bubble lot Bentley every day. You feel me? And nobody in New York knew who he was, but he was a star in Houston. You know what I'm saying? So, like, those are outside influences with me with the music. And um, going to SUNY Purchase, like, through basketball, I ended up at SUNY Purchase, former art school. Mm-hmm. And they had, like, this little room in, this, in a library where you could lock yourself in there and learn everything to do musically. Like, they had the little mix board, everything. And that was amazing to me. Like, they're really encouraging creativeness. Like, in the library where they got people reading books, they also had this room where you can just go be creative. So, and they always encourage creativity. So that's when I really made the full transition to music. Like, I'm gonna just be a full creative. And like, not only do I rap, I produce, uh, how I sing, I engineer, I do everything. Do you have any goals in mind, like for your future, like what you wanna do exactly? Like you wanna, you know, you do music, you produce and all that, what you wanna do? I just feel like, I just feel like my goal, I feel like God put me here to just touch people and help people. like. My whole, my whole, my whole motto is for the love. I do everything for the love. Like I don't look, like I'm not doing music looking to be rich. Like that's my symbol right there on my, my man hat. Like, hey, look, hey, look, let me see that for the camera. You know what I mean? That's the symbol right there. It stands for for the love. You feel me? Everything I do is for the love. Like I don't do every, I don't do anything looking for money out of it. Like even music, because I feel like when you do it for that reason, everything positive comes. You feel me? When you give a kid who's trying to play ball a pair of sneakers, you gonna end up getting two pairs of sneakers blessed. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I, that's, how I, that's how I always look at life. That's how, that's how I feel like it's my bigger goal in life is to help people. Always told my mother that, like, even when I was a kid, if I had friends who had unstable homes, I moved them in my crib. Like, they would go to school for my crib. Like, for real. Told my moms, all that. Like, if I had a friend who played ball and he could, like, it was a, too much of a commute for him to get to school, move him in my crib, help him out. Like, that was always me my whole life. So, everybody in Harlem know me for showing love. So, and that's why I built my reputation, like ASAP Ferg, Tiana Taylor, everybody who's somebody in Harlem know who I am and respect me. ASAP Ferg knows you? ASAP Ferg? Yeah, we were, we were HMV back in the days, but before he turned um, ASAP, yeah. we were in a gang called HMV. It's not really a gang, but it was like a team. Yeah. And we were like the most popular team in Harlem. You met Rocky too? Yeah, I met Rocky, uh, but Rocky really wasn't as popular as us growing up. Rocky got popular when, when through his music. Feel me? Rocky was popular, but like, no disrespect to Rocky, he know he knows the truth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so he, he could have sat at the lunch table with y'all. No, no, nah, nah, he could. He, he, he was he was around. Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong, Rocky was outside. He was around. He was in everything, but he just wasn't as popular as like me, uh, me and D Ferg was. You know what I'm saying? We don't have like, to cut that part out. Nah, you know, <laughs> like I'm not bashful. Like I don't have nothing to hide. I'm like, Rocky was popping. He was popping. People knew him, but he know what's up. <laughs> who's, who's better in your in your opinion, Ferg or Rocky? Oh boy. Um, I think Ferg is the better artist. I think Rocky is the better rapper. You think Rocky's better like producer, uh, like in terms of making music? Cause I think because, Ferg because is better Rocky, in terms of making Ro- music. Rocky's, uh, I'm um, from my f- opinion, but Rocky's like beats and music is kind of good. But when it comes to lyrics, it's well, you know, it's average, not as like great or anything. Because you you can't look for lyrics from Rocky. Like Rocky, Rocky is like Mace. He's a swag rapper. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. held his own on I love bad and my effing problems. Yeah. He held his own with swag. 
That swag, you feel me? That swag rap. You can't really look for the lyrics from Rocky because he giving you swag. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? That's why he in the fashion. That's why it all fits with him. You feel what I'm saying? That's why I feel like Ferg is the better artist because he gives you something for everybody. Like his new album, he gave something for everybody. Absolutely. He gave something for the hood. He gave something for everybody. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like Ferg knows how to, is a more of a well-rounded artist than Rocky. Rocky is just the better rapper. And, and but Fer, but don't get me wrong, Fer can rap. It's old clips yeah, Fer, of Fer. Yeah, Fer can rap. Fer can rap. I heard him rap. I heard him rap. I've seen that clip from Power 105. I'm like, okay, you getting back in your bag. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Fer I remember back in the yeah. days. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah. Fer can rap, but you no, know, he just came in more as an artist, and I respect it. Yeah. So, so riddle me this. I can't lie. Grandma from ASAP Ferg's album, I really like. New level. <sighs> I was on the best part about it is when that song came out because I, I coach at a Lawrence Whitman Academy mm-hmm. and I put that song on the pregame playlist and everything just started to change once it hit. I'm on a new level. Yeah. I'm on a new level. What's your favorite cut from his new album? It gotta be new level. It gotta be new level. Cause like I'm a turn up guy. Everybody that know me know I'm a turn up guy, so it's like I'm on it like you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it turns up so Shout out to Ferg, shout out to New Level, you feel me? Shouts to the um my man Show who shot the video, you know what I'm saying? So shouts to all of them. So let's talk a bit about you as the rapper, as the artist. What are some direct influences on literally how you look at a song? Um, direct influences on how I look at a song? That's crazy. That's a great question. I never got that question before. I don't think I have a direct influence on how I look at a song because my whole approach on music is that, like when I first started music, right? When I first started taking it seriously, I didn't listen to no other music for like two years because I wanted to find myself. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to be like Kanye. Kanye Kanye method worked for him. Whole method worked for him. Feel me? Those are my, those are people who I would look to, feel me, if anything, you feel me? But like a person that, oh, perfect person. What is Khalifa? Oh, Wiz Khalifa. I got Khalifa. Khalifa because like I don't I don't rap like a Wiz Khalifa, but like what Wiz Khalifa talk about living life, you know what I'm saying? That's that's how I am, you know what I'm saying? I love how Wiz Khalifa talk. I'm a big fan of the old Wiz Khalifa um, mixtapes, the flight schools, the BARs, the um, star powers. I'm not I'm not really a big fan of Wiz now. That's that's the Wiz I'm a fan of. So if I had to give anybody, it would be Wiz Khalifa. Interesting. I think one of those things because. When we, we were talking earlier this week between Ray and Maria, Ray had to be the go-between, this, this noble human being. Mm-hmm. But one of the songs she sent me was Swaggy P. And the first thing I'm thinking is, why Swaggy P, though? Right. <laughs> oh, um, you know, it was just, it just I, like, I don't do anything for any specific reason sometimes. Like, sometimes it just comes to my head. I'm like, so swaggy. They like him, Swaggy P. Ooh, that's swaggy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, um... I think it, I think the hook was different. I ended up changing it. I don't know how it ended up coming out, but it just ended up coming out like that. Swaggy P, man. Shout out to Swaggy P, you know what I'm saying? And then I ended up dropping it because he was going through the thing with Iggy at the time. Oh, boy, oh, boy. You feel me? So I put it out right then and there, and everybody was loving it. You know what I'm saying? Scotty Bean put it on her playlist, like, last week. You feel me? On the put you on playlist, you know? And I didn't even ask her to or anything like that. She picked it on her own, so... Everybody seems to be liking Swaggy P, so I'm going to really try to get that video shot in California. I'm going to really try to get him in the video. 
Right. And I think that'd be a good look for him too. Right. You, we, we, I also heard the the Grammy freestyle that you did. And you shooting a video for that tomorrow, correct? Yeah, I'm shooting a video. I'm shooting a video for that tomorrow because like, I don't need, I'm not. I'm a big. My pet peeve is covers because I feel like as an artist, if you do a cover, the the artist already did the hard part for you. He gave you the cadence. Feel me? All you gotta do is change the words. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, yeah. so I'm a big like. That's my pet peeve. I hate doing covers. But like my cousin. He was like, yo, you got to kill us. And then the whole thing behind it was I threw the Earth Plaza bar in there so people could know I did that all in one night. Feel me? I record myself. I mix myself. I did my own cover artwork. So y'all can know I did that all after midnight and got it to y'all before 12 p.m. Everything myself. So that's why I said something like Earth Plaza. You just might get clapped. Hey. You feel me? So <laughs> that's why I said that in there so people can know. And then I'm that's when shoot the video. Feel me? Because a lot of people liking it. People people comparing it to like vintage Wayne freestyles. Feel me? And I just feel like I'm in the zone right now. Like for real, all the shows I'm getting, I'm killing. People response to me is opening up, so I'm feeling myself right now. Is it a similar feeling being in the zone musically as say being in the zone uh, from a basketball standpoint? Music is basketball. I approach music just like basketball. I feel like failing at basketball helped me with music. Feel me? Because I know exactly what to do. Like the politics, everything is the same. Everything is the same. At the end of the day, you just gotta play the game. Gotta play the game. It's just like that that Grammy freestyle, I was in the zone. Like every ball, I feel like I couldn't miss. Feel what I'm saying? I feel like I couldn't miss. Every ball on there is like a quotable. Feel what I'm saying? I got balls on there all day, so it's the same exact zone. Same exact zone. Before we sign off for the show, it's NBA Finals time. It's soon to be. So give me your pick. Anybody but Cleveland. Well, Shut. <laughs> so, 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 do you see Cleveland go to the finals then? I actually do. I, but I just, I just don't You don't want to. Play. I understand. So it's Cleveland versus. My team, my, my, my team's out. My two teams are out. So I really just, I'm just watching the game because I, I love basketball. She a Boston fan. I'm a Boston fan and I'm a Spurs fan. <laughs> Boston. Facial yes. expression. You know what? Listen. No, but she's she she's a CT girl, so we we gonna let that mm-hmm. rock. The Cavs <laughs> and who they gonna face? Uh, I'm gonna call OKC. All right, Cavs OKC. Jay, what you got? I had Cavs OKC from before the series, and I got the Cavs winning because LeBron owns KD. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Jay, what you got? I think if Golden State wins game six, they'll win the series. But I think the way the series has been playing out, OKC is going to take it. And I think they'll just destroy Cleveland in the finals. Just with the size matchup down low, I think OKC is, is just way too um, deep for Cleveland to handle. You look at the bench depth of Cleveland and OKC, I don't even think it's a comparison. Go ahead, Ray. What you got? Uh, let's see. I'm going to have to go with uh, Cleveland and Golden State. I feel like I feel like it's the matchup we've all been waiting for. I think it's just a matter of time. I think th- these teams want to face each other again in the finals to prove who's the better team. So I think I can see that happening. I'm stuck because my gut does say Golden State. My gut says Golden State. My head says OKC. I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go Cavs, Golden State. And sorry, but LeBron doesn't have enough. So I'm taking Golden State in seven. You bugging. He doesn't have enough and without Kyrie and Love. He who's almost went up 3-0. If, he's, if they play OKC, who's going to guard Westbrook? You say who's going to guard Westbrook? Yeah, if Cleveland Yo, plays Kyrie OKC. Kyrie's defense is underrated. Come on, man. Underrated? Oh, wow. Very underrated. Where's wow. the defense wait, in wait, general? Wait. Underrated. Kyrie Ray, Kyrie's defense is underrated and J.R. Smith's defense is underrated. Where's the stats to back that up? 
Huh? What are the stats to back that up? I mean, oh, we're not gonna have the numbers. <laughs> yeah, we just, like, we just spent a whole that. episode talking about how. <laughs> but at the end of the day, shout out to my man Quadlin, and he got defensive player of the year. Yeah, you know two I mean? times. That's my homie. I was with him draft night in the limo like this. Yeah, <laughs> that's real. But again, what a fantastic episode! Gotta give shout out to the producer Jeremy Epstein. My my, I didn't mess it up this time. My my in studio with Jay Prez. We're Raymond Moore, Moonquah, Sonia. We'll see you next week for another episode of Slam City. Deuces.